I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Okay, so apparently New Year's resolutions as of this week start to go away. People had all these great ideas and they fall off the bandwagon. So kind of curious to know where you got. But I will tell you this. I had a New Year's resolution to drink more coffee. Well, maybe not, but my new coffee roaster has arrived. I am no longer dangerous to you or anyone else around me. Let's rock it. I'm seriously not. Do you think, do you think I'm dangerous in general? Mango? I would hope not. <laughs> I have, granted, I haven't seen you on a rampage, so who knows? That's true. I know without, without like good quality coffee though, I think, you know, there is a danger of that. So I had the most amazing coffee ever this week. I went really? to Intelligentsia Coffee. In I've Venice. heard of them. It was so good. And they had this like weird, um, they do like kind of this month or whatever uh, the roast of the month or whatever and they had this drink where they mix like different juices with coffee oh, wow. and like put an orange zest on top of it and it was very I I didn't expect it to be so damn good nice yeah I have heard so many good things about them they were actually among the top I think 10 I think it was top 10 coffees in the United States well and they are they are definitely worth it. Like I'm not nice. usually a coffee person and this was just like, I want more. I want to go back and get more. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's, oh, I gotta tell you, I've been, I've been having a really hard time because my coffee roaster died after nine years. It was supposed to last two and almost oh. every, well, actually everybody I know that has had this, this same coffee roaster. There's lasted a year or two and mine lasted nine years. I was so excited and then it died and I'm like, no, but that's okay. I'm going to go get coffee. And I like some of the local shops. They have great coffee. Mm hmm. But I was like, you know, I'm going to try a couple of these other ones first, local roasters and then some other things. And I got to tell you, I was just like, eh, not so much or not necessarily that the coffee was poor quality always as much as it wasn't the way I would roast it, the way I would want to taste it. I'm sorry for Starbucks drinkers, but I'm used to, you know, the top one to three percent of quality of coffee. Yes, that makes me a snob. I don't care, but I feel good <laughs> when I drink that coffee. You know, it's a it's like a natural bit of energy. There's no jitters. You don't have any crash. When I drink Starbucks, it's like jacked up, massive jitters and crash. And then I'm really tired. But so here's the thing about Starbucks coffee is that they overroast it. When you overroast it, you actually like kill a lot of the caffeine content. And it's actually better to eat. But like to drink medium or light roast coffee, right? And so yeah. I, I don't know why people like Starbucks coffee. I think it's just the convenience, but it always tastes like burnt charcoal to me so i never drink starbucks coffee i know um, if you like dark roast favorite? though that's fine and i know uh, people that do uh, uh, <laughs> that is your that is your life choices i do not necessarily support <laughs> it but that that can be what you want uh, what about you what are you are you a medium i'm light, light roast you're a light roast, Total light yeah. roast yeah you know it's funny is i started dark because i didn't know any better and then i kind of went to medium pretty quickly and stayed on medium and at first i didn't know how to handle light roast because it was so weird to me but once really? I started getting good quality coffee and start, you know, they said, well, this is what you're looking for taste wise. I had this Ethiopian Yerga chef one year that they said it has hints of blueberry. And I'm going, what? 
I smelled it first of all. And I'm like, that totally smells like blueberries. Oh my gosh. And I'm drinking it and it's got coffee with this blueberry aftertaste. And I'm thinking, this is cool. Yeah. I got all excited. See, when you do it so dark roast that you can't, you obliterate you any that. sort yeah, any sort of like little bits of flavor here or there. Then again, like I don't understand wine and people are all about like, I can taste the yeah. blueberries with the background of butterscotch. And <laughs> I just went to a really fancy restaurant because it's Dine LA right now and um, went with my friends to Melise, which is like one of the famous restaurants, used to have Michelin stars. One Michelin was in LA. They don't do LA anymore. Um, but like the guy was trying to tell us about the wine and how it had all these background notes. And I'm like, I don't understand a bit of this. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> and you know what? I don't understand wine either, but I understand the, you know, what they're talking about because I've tasted it with coffee and tea now. So Fair. it's pretty cool, Fair. but no, I totally get it. But I, I, so after all of this qu- low quality coffee, by the way, the reason I get jitters from Starbucks is the quality of the, the actual bean they get. Really? Well, they, Dave Asprey talks about this. He's the bulletproof coffee guy mm-hmm. that just like any crop, some are good for you and some are less good for you and have more pesticides or toxins or whatever. Uh. And apparently coffee is famous for mold growth. I didn't know that. And so the lower the quality of coffee you get, the more mold that you're actually drinking. But rest assured, caffeine actually helps to counter. So decaf's bad, but caffeinated coffee helps to counter a lot of that mold. So you're probably not going to die, but probably still not good for you. And so, you know, what they say is get a higher quality roast and then you'll have a lot less or even no molds. And I'm thinking like, maybe that's why I feel better. Get a higher quality bean. Get a higher quality bean, not roast. Yeah, 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 yeah. higher quality bean. Ah. And that's why. Have you heard of the, like the coffee beans in Asia where like it costs more than its weight in gold because like some cats eat it. Yeah, palm civets. Yeah. Is it any good? I haven't tried it. I don't know. I to me that seems kind of weird. I don't want to eat pooped out coffee, you know. So the question is: Is poop coffee beans better than moldy coffee beans? We'll never know. Well, if it's been digested, then theor- I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I actually went to one of the local shops that I love to buy some of their coffee. Get this: mm-hmm. eight ounces of coffee, which is a half a pound, right? Eighteen dollars. Um. I can't do this anymore. I, I have to break down and buy myself a new coffee roaster because I'm paying like four to six dollars a pound for green beans. And then I roast them. Nice. It's the same coffee. It's just that's a, what is it? A twelve to fourteen dollar markup. That's crazy. So how much, though, is your coffee roaster and like how big is this item and well, how long does it roast? Tell me more. Yeah. See, that's the thing is that I really wanted this one and it was a little bit nicer and you have a lot more control over it and it was really expensive. And the problem with these little home roasters is that they're not very reliable for long-term use. They break down easily because, you know, it's an exceptional amount of heat and wear and tear on these things, which is why most commercial coffee roasters are going to cost you probably 60,000 and up. And they can do, you know, multiple, multiple pounds of roasts consistently throughout the day, which is why they, that's what they're made for. These little home roasters, on the other hand, you know, you have to give them a break and let them cool down in between roasts or else you're going to burn them out faster and you got to keep them clean. And so I finally just decided, you know what, I would love to get the more expensive one, but if it lasts me two years and it's not worth it, I bought the cheap one that I had that lasted me nine years and everyone else's has died in one to two years. Wait, are you telling me one cost $20,000? No, 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 no. These little home <laughs> roasters. So the one I got is like 150 bucks. It's super cheap. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. I'm okay with that. It's a super little cheap thing. And honestly, so here's the deal. 150 bucks for a roaster. And then the green coffee, like I said, exceptionally good. One to 3% uh, 
highest quality coffee in the entire world. Where do you buy it from? Two sites. One's called BermanCoffee.com and okay. they're excellent. And then SweetMaria's.com is the other one. Sweet Maria's is actually out of California and they are, they have a lot of education on their site. You can learn how to roast and how to brew properly, grind. There's so many things in there. It's like their library. You just go and read oh. all about it. It's really cool. But yeah, I like them both. They have seriously the highest quality of coffee that you can get as a home consumer, short of going mm-hmm. straight to an importer or a farm. Like I said, I'm paying about four to $6 per pound of coffee on average with shipping, which is wow. really cheap. And then you roast it and you lose a little bit of weight because, you know, the water oils and oils. Exactly. So you're saving a ton of money on coffee and you're getting the highest quality you can get. Yeah. How much do you drink a day though? Just just a cup for me personally. Okay. Okay. And how long does the whole process take? On an average, once you get to know what you're doing, 30 minutes. And that's about five ounces of coffee. Yeah. For the roaster that I have, you can get a roaster that does uh, safely 12 ounces or so per roast, but it has a lot of smoke. So you have to find a way to vent it. Wait, how much is five ounces of coffee though? Like how many cups does that make you? Um, Say about an ounce a cup. Okay. So give five or, cups. Give or take. Yeah. Give or for take. 30 minutes. Yeah. Not to mention the grinding of said coffee beans and. Oh, well, that takes like coffee. seconds. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all you do is you grind <laughs> your coffee, you throw it in and you, you, I don't know if you have a coffee maker, you do that or. Some coffee makers have the grinder in them and I do a pour over method because it's a better quality. I think total from like heating up the water to putting the beans in the grinder to drinking my coffee is less than five minutes a day. Oh, wow. I can't even like get myself to put on makeup in the morning. I just kind of roll out of bed and like go to things. So you need so like I don't a know. Keurig or something. I don't. Yeah, I don't even drink. I don't even drink coffee that much anyway. Yeah. So it's, so it's more good, like though. a cheat to me. Yeah. And honestly, here's the thing about the roasting, because I thought I don't have time to roast 30 minutes a week. Mm -hmm. And let's Mm -hmm. say like every five days. Right. And then I caught myself saying that it's so interesting. I don't have time for 30 minutes a week to roast coffee. Then I thought, wait a minute. I don't have time not to. If I don't have time for 30 minutes to sit back and just roast coffee, breathe, you know, be present in the moment every five days. I'm like, then I'm a little too stressed out. (laughs) So for me, coffee is a meditation. It is. Yeah. It's like for me, it's a way to just kind of calm down and enjoy the process and do something I enjoy. And it's not for everybody for sure. Yeah. I'm just so excited though. I'm so happy for you. I'm so excited (laughs) for you. You should take bets on how long this coffee roaster will last. Oh gosh. I hope it lasts a long time. I just don't want to deal with it. And the problem with this is this is a throwaway one too, which is again, I'm like, well, all right, I'll just do it because you can't really get parts for it. So after a year warranty, just, yeah, if it dies, throw it away, start over. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, but hey, one other thing that's hyping me up and this is not fun is, you know, I mentioned my my whole little sciatic issue with the back and the I don't even really know. Is yeah, it a disc? It is it, uh, you know, some of the muscles? We don't know. Everybody's got different opinions, um, <laughs> man. It's crazy. But they put me on prednisone, which I know okay. you know what it is. But for those who don't, it's a steroid. Oh, my gosh. I hate the effects of this stuff. <laughs> Yeah. So steroids, for those who don't know what it exactly does, basically it's like an anti, it kind of calms down the inflammatory processes in your body and calms down your body attacking itself. And when you have something like sciatica, typically it's like a nerve that's being inflamed. And so for steroids, it kind of just calms down and kind of lets it be less inflamed and less swollen and hopefully calms down the effects. But unfortunately, it takes a little while. So and then in the meantime, steroids have a ton of side effects, which is why don't go yeah. shooting it up, kids, to just to have big muscles. 
No, I, yeah. in fact, I don't even think it's supposed to really help with muscle. These, the prednisone no, doesn't help with no. muscle growth, right? No, it does not. Because no. that's the anabolic stuff. So, yeah, yeah. But, this stuff, I mean, they're all same family-ish. They can make you have milk out of your out of your titties. So, yeah, that's <laughs> that's not good. No, for me, it's been like adrenaline shot to the heart feeling. Oh yeah, I'm just yeah. super hyper. Although I'm I'm on finally the uh, the last couple of days, so things have calmed down. But man, that first day I was, they put me on 30 milligrams, which is really high apparently. Yeah, jeez. Uh, yeah, and that was like okay, I don't feel right. Like my heart's pounding. I'm having arrhythmias. I feel like I'm gonna explode. And then they're like, <laughs> no, why don't you call? Okay, let's get you down to get you down yeah. a little bit. No, it's been honestly, I'm finally feeling better though, and and a little bit more normal. Yeah. I'm, just, uh, I'm ready to get out and play basketball again because this is this is killing me. Uh, well, how's the how's the sciatica itself? Is it getting, feeling better with the steroids? Or? I was told that it can take. I didn't know this. I thought you would know within like the first four to five days of taking the no. steroid. They're saying two to three weeks before you really mm-hmm. see the result. Your body, when it's so inflamed, like it can cause damage to it, and then so it needs to relax, and then you also need to reheal. Yes, so that's how it's going to take two three weeks. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I'm doing a lot of restorative actions. Oh, know, good. The body, so physical therapy, so. stuff like that. Yeah. You know, just taking care of walking as much as I can. Yeah. Which okay. I mean, shoot for three weeks walking hurt. It was so for anybody who's never had sciatic pain. Oh my gosh. Like it, it's horrible. It's got to yeah. be some of the most severe pain I think I've ever had. I think it is the most severe pain I've ever had. And I've broken both arms at the same time and had other kinds of things. So yeah, it's, it's, it's not. It's, it's literally a nerve that carries pain signals that is inflamed and like so <laughs> yeah exactly and nerves yeah. are the worst for i mean they are the pain transmitters right yes yeah. Uh, yeah they just carry the pain signal up to your brain so if you mess that up then oh no <laughs> yeah, i know but you know yeah. i've i've man, i tell you what it's it's kind of cool first of all i'm totally thankful for what i do because i can stand at my desk i can sit i can you know go into a recliner and use a laptop to work or do other things like that. So I have options to move around and still be able to get my work done and still be able to do what I do without yeah. being in you know too much pain. And I know that there are certain jobs where I'd be like on sick leave right now. So it's like, yeah. I'm really thankful for that. And I've learned a lot with, you know, just pain management, mental pain mm-hmm. management and stuff like that, breathing through stuff like that. And yeah, I'm hoping I have a higher threshold for pain now. <laughs> so yeah, for everyone I mean- to go through torture, I hope I don't, <laughs> but just in case. I'm prepared. Yeah. I mean, speaking of pain, so I'm in a preventative medicine class right now. We're talking about the opioid crisis in America. This is the oh, yeah. second year in a row where our um, actual expected lifespan is actually going down, which is oh my crazy because for like 50 or some odd years, the life expectancy was only going up. It's earth shattering that we're going down. And the biggest reason why is actually the opioid crisis in America, right? So we prescribe something like, I want to say like 90% of the opioids in the world just for Americans. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes from, I, it comes from like a couple, multiple different things. Like we have a different culture around pain in America. Yeah. Especially with different kind of therapies. In America, we tend to just treat it with medicines and actually like it's a very long history, but like the opioid crisis came to be when, um, they decided to call pain the fifth vital sign. Mm-hmm. And then prescription companies, pharmaceutical companies as one particular came forward and was like, OxyContin is not, not addictive at all. It oh, shouldn't geez. make anyone be addicted to it. Yeah. Unfortunately, that was wrong. And that kind of spearheaded our opioid crisis. But so there's alternative therapies that, that you were talking about. That's like really interesting to talk about. So like yeah. the mindfulness that you were talking about, that, that actually has been shown to work. Acupuncture, interestingly enough, has shown to work kind of 
there's different ways to do acupuncture. Like you can, acupuncture has its basis in uh, more Eastern roots with chakras and, and like the different, the meridians, uh, the meridians yeah. right? They did a study between no acupuncture therapy at all, acupuncture that focuses on the meridians and like kind of the old school way of acupuncture and then just sticking needles in people. And they showed that sticking needles in people in acupuncture had like equivalency. They kind of acted the same. But they are both more effective than no treatment at all. Interesting. So, yeah, get get acupuncture, get needles, whatever you want. But it seems to have some benefit. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because uh, I've I've done acupuncture twice now, and I've seen zero results so far from it. it. I guess it depends, right? So acupuncture, I know, can help. In fact, the Flash, who was on uh, recently, was talking about that as well. That he gets acupuncture. It wasn't helping his sciatic pain, but it helped him in other ways. So I know that there's something to be said about that. But then, um dry needling on the other hand that which is the same needles as acupuncture except they go in and like really you know trigger the trigger the muscles to spasm and then the release and i mean that could be whoo intense yeah. um i just had that done today and that actually really helped significantly yeah. so you're right i mean there's oh, i hate taking pharmaceuticals first of all i've mm-hmm. never been a fan of them i usually will get side effects from them um, yeah. And it's so funny because you mentioned like Oxycontin, you know, oh, there's no side effects. They said the same thing to me about Tramadol. Oh, there's no side effects. There's no addiction. I'm like, oh, my gosh, effects. I had a huge like three day withdrawal afterwards. You're right about that. People just oh, I don't want pain. So I take a pill and that yeah. doesn't fix anything. And that's been the no, hard part is it's hurting people. And I didn't know, though, that it's taking our life expectancy down, though. That's terrible. It is. Yeah, it's it's really sad. I mean, it's a combination of things. We also have like the obesity crisis sure. and people are not exercising as much nowadays, but like the opioid crisis has had a major tick up. It's insane. So yeah. it's interesting, like the, the root cause here is not, you know, the opioids. The root cause is pain. Uh, well, where's the pain depends, right? so, from? Uh, and that's like a whole nother thing. So we there was actually another study. I, I'm just going to quote studies because I love them. But there's like another studies. study done <laughs> with the rats. And they basically gave them cooked out water versus regular water. And when you put these, it was, it was either mice or rats in a cage with like nothing to do, they would all go for the coked out water and just like do coke and or heroin. It might have been heroin. It was like one of those drugs, right? Coke or heroin. And just like would just go to it and like do it all day. But once you put them in an environment where it was basically like rat Disneyland, where they had things to play on and tunnels to run through and all the stuff, they actually switched to sugar water. Mm-hmm. And when they were put with other rats, there's kind of this idea of if you have something to do and if you have community, then folks will be less likely to engage in like destructive behaviors like opioids or heroin, like heroin is an opioid. So, you know, any of those issues. And then there was also data supporting the fact that we are kind of having this loss of community that might be also contributing to this opioid crisis. Like this is like a very recent study where they looked at the happiness of people who are employed versus unemployed. And typically like the people would think, oh yeah, unemployed people should be happy all the time. Like it doesn't matter what time of the week it is because they're just unemployed all the time. Uh, whereas like employee people, probably, they're probably happier during the weekend. And they did show that during the weekday, people are less happy. But then once you got to Friday and then the weekend, people got happier. And then when they went back to work, they were unhappy. Hmm. And they found that same pattern in people who are unemployed. Theory is that maybe it's they're more happy during the weekends because you actually get to have community with other people. Hmm. You get to spend time with other people. And that's kind of when we have ha- the most happiness. So I think there's a couple of different things, right? There's the whole pain issue where people are People take the opioids for pain and then they get hooked on it because some people actually have like a genetic predisposition to be to, to get high from opioids. And then the other other part of that is also I, I feel like we have we are having a loss of community. And so people kind of try to fill that void with other things to do. And unfortunately, 
opens have become a very easy thing to get to. Mm. You know, it's yeah. interesting because actually that's, that's still pain either way. It's mental versus physical pain, Absolutely, but it's still pain and, and you are, oh my gosh, it's interesting you bring up the community thing because, you know, we're constantly talking about this here on the show. Yeah. Like, for example, we went to Jumanji this week and it was like uh, the, the person next to me is on his phone half the time. And I'm like, dude, why did you even pay it money you- to come to what? see a freaking movie if you're going to be on your phone the whole time? Like, why would you do that? Oh, and granted, oh. I mean, I know it's addiction. I know it's whatever. I don't get it, though. And I love <laughs> technology. I mean, I've talked about this. I am a total techie person. I love new things and you know, I love my phone and everything, but it's like, I think I've learned enough in my life to go, uh, it's time to put the freaking phone down and just engage in the moment. And that's like yeah. when you're with people, there is such a huge thing to be said about community is starting to fall, mm-hmm. you know, where it didn't used to. And I'm not even talking like back in the good old days. I'm talking not even a few years ago, people got together and did stuff. They put their phones down. They talked to each other. They did things with each other. And we're seeing less and less in that rapidly. Right. Or people use like Facebook and social media as a as a proxy for that connection. And totally. I mean, that's something that people have been talking about for these past years quite a bit. But like it's particularly bad in, in our younger generation. It's tough to see. It's hilarious that you mentioned, though, that like they're all about their phones and whatnot. Yeah. You actually look at them and like I, I think that our generation was sort of the the magical generation when it came to technology. Like we understand root files and like yeah. putting installing applications and programs on computers like but the problem is this younger generation hasn't really had to deal with that so a lot of them don't actually know how to like find folders and stuff on computers mm-hmm. like they'll use <laughs> they refer to everything as applications yeah. and so like even programs are applications and like i had a friend who like had to hire a new girl for a job and like she called all programs applications and like didn't understand how to uninstall a program via the control panel and all those things and i was like how what is this <laughs> yeah yeah that is so weird so let me ask you this. I used to be massively huge on social media. I got mm-hmm. kind of burnt out on it and I was just like, yeah, whatever. So I haven't been very good on it, which I know people are telling me from a marketing perspective, that's terrible with your show. You need to be so <laughs> engaged. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. I just oh, don't yeah. care. I mean, I talk to people. You and I right. wouldn't be able to communicate without social media. Right. You know, most, in fact, most of the people that have been on this show, we, we couldn't be in touch at all. I wouldn't even be friends with these people if it weren't for social media. So there is something huge to be said about it. but. What I'm hearing now is one thing is that uh, Facebook now is like, I want to say mid twenties and up pretty much. And anybody below that age is just not even on Facebook anymore. They're pretty much on like Instagram or I guess Snapchat yeah, still going Snapchat strong, stuff like that. And Twitter and I don't see a lot of Twitter anymore, but yeah. Yeah, I guess it's still happening. I mean, they all use WhatsApp too, like the best more that's communication true. platform. Yeah. WhatsApp's yeah. great. I actually like Slack too. It's just like WhatsApp, but they're both, yeah. they're both really good. So yeah. I, I'm trying to figure this out because I don't even know if this is possible. You know, talking about community, social media is essential again for people like you and me. However, mm-hmm. for people that are sitting in the same room as you or in the other room, is it really? <laughs> right. You know what it, I mean? It's true. And it's funny that you mentioned this right now because actually Facebook recently just came out with like an an another announcement saying we're going to put less emphasis on Facebook pages and then like and then put more emphasis on your friends and your friends stories because we want to make sure we have more community on Facebook. But the problem with this, though, is one, like I'm afraid that this actually will increase the number of like fake news that will propagate because I mean, yes, with pages, them showing on your feed, it relies on you actually subscribing to them. But typically, 
like you get to at least a little bit curate if they as an organization are fake news or real news. If you're an individual who only has friends who are kind of in that fake news sphere, you're only going to get things in your feed that like are clickbaity or things that people are like, yes, I should show this. And you won't get a, at least a slightly more diverse diet of news. Cause like, unfortunately a lot of us use Facebook as like a news feed nowadays yeah, more than yeah. just like our friends or whatnot or the pictures or the engagement. By the way, I feel like everybody and their mom got engaged over the holidays. Oh my gosh. And- <laughs> Which is always a thing, but like I'm at that age where it's a it's being a thing for my baby, and you know it's just oh goodness gracious. I've heard that Facebook engineers or Facebook the people who make Facebook of all the like Twitter versus Instagram versus anything else, like Facebook tries to be the most noble and be like we want to do good in the world, but like they unfortunately are the purveyors of this platform that actually probably had very negative effects on our on our recent election and like they're a huge contributor to our problem with social media right now. So yeah, like they're just trying to put a bandaid on like a huge waterfall of a problem. And I don't know what their solution is, but I know. And and again, it's, it's not going away. So I think some people say, Oh, I'm just going to get off Facebook. And it's like, yeah, but you know, again, if you have a really good close community in your local area and that's pretty much all it is and that's all that's on your Facebook page then or your, you know, friends list or whatever, Okay, fine. Getting off Facebook really doesn't matter for the most part. Although people, everybody like, well, I'm, you know, Hey, I didn't know you whatever got engaged. Like you just said, Oh, well I posted on Facebook. Oh, well I'm not on Facebook. So, you know, text me next time or, you know, shoot me a call or whatever. It's like, come on something. But at the same time, um, you know, for people who have connected that don't live in the same city or they've moved away or whatever the case is, that's obviously a really great tool. And there are some really cool things about it that I honestly really appreciate, but Oh my gosh, it, it is a, it can yeah. be a really big problem. So what's the solution? Yeah, no. Do you have any ideas? Well, the, the problem though is like Facebook and these platforms are, they're all about engagement. And like, if you replace everything they ever say, like replace the word engagement with addiction, like it's the same thing. They want to get you addicted to their service. There, there actually is like this whole thing where people talk about how if you want to talk on Facebook, you are forced to use Facebook Messenger now, right? You can't just you, try to chat in the Facebook app. And th- this was done in a ploy to try to push out iMessenger. And the problem, though, with the Facebook messaging app is that you can't turn off the ability to have a read receipt, read receipt or not. So, like, the person who messaged you will know that you saw their message and decided to walk away. Like, so you have this feeling of, like, yeah, I kind of feel like I need to talk, tell them or say something to them because I, they're going to see that I saw their message and then they're going to think I'm a jerk for not replying to them. Whereas like for iMessage or other ones, you can turn off those read receipts. So like that, even that tiny little engineering quirk in messenger, like is done in order to keep you engaged, to like guilt you into using it into talking to somebody else on it. And I think small things like that are important to maybe stop trying to figure out how to make people be more engaged in it. I don't know what the best solution for it is, but kind of being aware of those little things that they do to try to trick us and to change our behaviors and to like quote hack us. Right. Like, (laughs) yeah, for me personally, for the show and that kind of thing, it's like, I like to be able to get the word out, but I don't want to spam and I don't want to be like this advertising thing. Cause to me more than anything else is engagement. I mean, honestly, shoot, I mean, just even this week has been so crazy back to back and there's so much going on and it's so hard to engage with anyone for more than a you know a second or two just because we're consistently pulled in so many different directions. So I would love to see that. I mean, that's why I like Facebook groups still. 
Yeah. I mean, you hear about people that are involved in 20, 30 groups and I'm like, that's just honestly, that is not mentally possible. You just can't no. do it. I don't care how no. many, you know, oh yeah, I can multitask. No, 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 no. It doesn't really work that way. No. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to find a little bit better of a, a solution of, okay, find, find those communities that you're just going to, you know, really, truly engage with and put your main focus on there and stress less. Yeah. And then you'll have less pain, which then you'll need no opioids. No opioids or other things to try to mask your pain. Right? Exactly. I heard this great advice. Here are five things you can do to do things right in 2018. And, you know, you can use it in life and work and purpose and relationships and all that. So the first one is whatever it is that you're doing, work harder than anyone else. And so the idea is to work harder than anyone else would expect or imagine. And so if that's your job, if that's your hobby, if that's, again, whatever it is, relationships, work harder than anyone else would. Because eventually it's now granted, this also is smarter. So it's not like kill yourself and work, you know, 80 hours a day sort of thing. So it's like being super. And I, yes, I meant 80 hours a day. It wasn't a trip up. <laughs> it feels like it sometimes. I would say a caveat to that too, though. Okay. Like if you're surrounded by type A personality folks, like don't, there is a little bit of danger to compare yourself too much to people. Like True. I, I would like to rephrase that number one to like work harder than anyone would expect you to or yeah. harder than you would expect of yourself. Right. I, I like that. Expect better for yourself. Expect for you to be great. Like in all of these, always compare it ultimately to yourself. And that will be better for like self-worth. <laughs> uh, you know what? I really, I'm so glad you clarified that because that is very true. Yeah. In fact, I'm, I'm changing it in notes here. So that's actually, you know, it reflects <laughs> that. That's <laughs> very true. So work harder yeah. than anyone else would expect you to, or that you would expect of yourself. I like that. Yeah. And, and you are so right about the comparison and all that because, oh my gosh, it would, uh, yeah, you could easily get super discouraged and depressed and other things like that if you're not careful. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I'm very well aware of this because going into medicine, doctors have the some of the highest rates of actual suicide and like wellness has been a huge thing in the community that people have been trying to talk about and like depression and anxiety. And because you're like full of type A personalities who like work yeah. really hard, like we're working 80 hour weeks and it's like, Oh, do I need to work more? And you don't take care of yourself. So this is why like, I'm very well tuned to this. So continue. Sure. Well, no, Sorry. I think that's, that's important because you're right with the comparison thing. I've been in industries or, or whatever you want to call it sectors of work. So for example, you and I both game. Mm-hmm. To me, there is a level of gaming that is a healthy balance. And then, of course, there's the, you know, if you game all the time and you shirk your responsibilities, that's unhealthy, right? So right. there's a good balance. There is a fine line. But I had people come to me and say, you know, why do, why do you game? Well, because it's fun and I have community and so on and so forth. And they would say, you know, you need to stop gaming for the rest of your life and just work. And at the time, I was like, oh, my gosh. So I stopped gaming and I started working all the time. And then I realized I am so miserable and and I've lost some of these friends that I used to have. And, and I'm thinking, what am I doing? This is ridiculous. Maybe, maybe for that person, gaming is a bad idea, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that it's for me or or someone else. And so you're right. I think there's, and this actually goes into the second one is when you're holding yourself to a standard of excellence. So that's the working harder than you would expect of yourself or others. It's the standard of excellence that you set, not what someone else sets for you. So right. I set a standard of excellence. I know that I need to be excellent and I'm going to jump down to number five really quick. We'll come back, but it's the idea of you're only really competing against yourself. You're not competing and it's the best you, your greatest competition is the person you are capable of becoming. But if you start competing with someone else who is a completely different person then you're never going to be yourself because you're trying to be someone you're not. So if you're competing against the person you're capable of becoming, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then you can, you know, you don't need to stress out about that because you can give yourself a little grace on that. 
Absolutely. So. And that, all of this comes down to like figuring out yourself. And that's a lifelong journey. Yeah. It's always tough, but kind of taking that time to be mindful and to connect with yourself, I think it's super important. Exactly. And knowing who you are, which is that second one that I was going to mention. And this one was interesting. Don't look for accolades, acknowledgement, praise, thank yous, et cetera. Like it's fine to get them, but don't look for those because that's something that I've subconsciously unintentionally looked for. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get a thank you. So for example, I put out an episode. People say, wow, it was amazing. I feel good. I put right. it on an episode. Nobody says anything. Oh my gosh, what did I do wrong? But right. did I, did I do anything wrong? No. So that's the, where if you, you know, just knowing who I am, knowing what I'm doing, being confident in that. I hold myself to my own standard of excellence and it's not for the recognition, but it's because who I am and maybe somebody just didn't have the time. You know, I mean, who knows? So if we are judging ourselves by accolades and acknowledgement and praise, of course, that's a roller coaster. Yeah. No, and it's a well-known phenomena that we ourselves take our universe much more into account than anybody else ever would. So like we spend a lot more time going down on ourselves or beating ourselves up when may- maybe nobody at all recognize that you did anything. Exactly. Wrong, right? There are some people who like who buck that rule, who like are totally unaware, but most of us by and large are self-aware to yeah. some degree. So <laughs> yeah, some less than others, <laughs> but that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, in this, uh, this third point here was looking for pressure situations, situations that will help to challenge you and grow you. This is a careful one because you always hear about the whole, you know, confront your fears. Well, that's that's a general statement that may or may not be a good thing. Right. You know, um, well, I'm afraid that if I jump off a cliff without a parachute, I might die. You should confront your, sh- you know, your fears. <laughs> okay. And I'm dead. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, looking for situations that truly will challenge you and grow you in a very healthy, positive way is the way to go. Um, and I thought that was good because that reminded me of what I'm going through right now. Like I'm, I'm learning how to manage my pain and I'm learning how to look for positives in the midst of a, I mean, literally, literally painful, you know, <laughs> a period of time right now. And so it's Ouch. helping me to grow and challenging me. I mean, I, I didn't want to like look for that, but you know, it's looking for those in the moments. But you're not, you're not giving up. That's the important thing, Truth. right? Like knowing that you are strong enough to get through this, that you have the capability of doing so. And then if you get to the point where you think you're going to break, you can reach out for help. That's so important. But you wouldn't believe how many people have said, well, you know, you may just have to deal with this for the rest of your life. And, you know, maybe this is just the way it is. And I'm like, "Um, no, granted, like, I'm not going to pretend it doesn't exist. I need to adjust my lifestyle accordingly to deal with it at this moment. But I'm going to find you know, a fix for this and I'm not going to give up and I'm going to continue to grow towards it. And I'm going to make myself healthier. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm not going to give up on this. It's not who I am and it's not going to define me. So, but, but it is okay. If segueing to our point number four, (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Go right ahead. Okay. Uh, It is okay. If you fail though, like it is okay. If, if you don't, you know, succeed to the point you wanted to, I think don't see it as weakness. But take it as like an opportunity to learn and grow, like to not give up and realize that, yeah, you may have failed at some point, but like celebrate everything else that you did to get up to that point. Right. Because you still succeeded to a point. It might not be what you like aimed for, but like like your quote from Michael Jordan, never lost a game, just ran out of time. I loved that quote. It was so cool because I, I didn't know he used to say that, actually. But that's so interesting. He never lost a game. He just ran out of time. Yeah. I mean, what an attitude. 
It is. What I had read said, see failure as an emotion of weakness. And I had to read that like five times. Like, what does that mean? Because you, you, you said it actually correctly in the beginning is that failure is not weakness. What this person was trying to say was, is that if you look at failure as like, oh, okay, well, I failed. That actually is weakness. So it's more of a, I failed and then I'm learning from it and then I move forward and I grow and I make, ideally try to make the right you know, decision or the right action from here on out in order to succeed in the future. Then that actually is the right path. But when you just say, oh, I failed. Oh, well, it's my I'm a failure. I can't do anything right. Yeah, yeah. that and that that's is an emotion of weakness. Up. Exactly. Right. That, yeah. Concept of failure is more of a manifestation of like what you think of it. In exactly. and of itself, the action that you call a failure is not a failure. That is not what defines it. Totally. You know, I, I see this a lot. So as an entrepreneur, I've been through this many, many times. And, you know, you, you test out ideas and more times than not, the idea will fail. Your business right. will fail. It is what it is, right? And right. people who don't go through the entrepreneurial journey see that as like, wow, that person's just a, a flake. Right. But they don't understand what failure really is because they don't go through that. They just like, well, I mean, shoot, if I'm, if you didn't make your idea succeed, you must suck. No, that's actually pretty normal because then it helps you to learn what not to do in the future so that you get closer to the thing to do. But a lot of people who don't go through that process never really understand that. And so they see those types of people or those amounts of failures as a complete like loss and that's ridiculous and you know, whatever, but that's not the truth. Like you said, it's that failure is an opportunity to learn and grow. So I like that because, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, you're going to see aspects of your life. You're going to have moments of stupidity. You're going to have those things that are going to happen. And you're going to be like, oh, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, you're doing interviews right now. You know, you, yeah. they're not all going to accept you. And so you might think, oh my gosh, I failed that. Did you right. really though? Or did you learn right. something that, well, okay, I learned what to do different yeah. next time. And also was that the right place for me anyway? Right. I said something terrible and you're like cringing and you're just like, oh, I did so bad there. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's okay. Like it's, what? It's I, I'll be good. okay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we already talked about point five. So there you go. There are five things to do right in 2018. Yeah. Have some fun with it. Absolutely. Well, I think there's more I'd love to talk about, but um, I think we need to end on that note. I think it's a good positive note to end on. So uplifting. Yeah. So positive. <laughs> <laughs> And, oh, and so here's another positive thing, and I know you haven't seen it yet, but if, if you if you've not seen Jumanji, the new one, go see it. It's actually really fun. It's funny. It's positive. It's happy. I laugh. And who a doesn't lot. want to see The Rock? The Rock oh, is the best, dude. I love and him. He so was um, he and Jack Black stole the movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh, amazing! <laughs> it was so much fun to watch, and I just remember walking out of there going, "I feel great." <laughs> it was just a. Such, I'm so a happy. Great, it's so positive. I know. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> got some other things I want to share with you. Plus, and this will be a teaser for the next episode you're on. I want to hear a crazy, crazy, you know, like unique, whatever story, like an emergency room story or something like that. You know, you get to pick. So think about it. Be ready for the next time you're on. Okay. And uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Okay. I love this. Oh, mango droplet. Anna, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate (laughs) it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been, it's so good to have you back. And I know we're doing a shorter episode this week, but man. All right. Well, I love being on. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. All right. So uh, we'll do some overwatch later on, but uh, in the meantime, go to the show notes, realbryanshow.com. And you can look at those five things to make your 2018 greater, but have a wonderful week. Real Brian show signing off. 
The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.